Dear Father in heaven, we want to thank you for the privilege to listen to you speak to us. Grant us the grace to hear, the grace to understand, and the grace to be doers of your word. To the glory of your holy name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to thank God for the grace to stand before us to share his word. May the grace of God abide unto us all in the name of Jesus. I was asked to share with us on the topic which is pursue peace with all men. If you indeed are desirous of having peace, perfect peace, just one solution, allow Jesus Christ in your heart. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 14. Pursue peace with all people and their holiness, without which no one can see God. Quickly turn to Romans chapter 12, reading at verse 13 through 19. We will come back to Hebrews chapter 12. Children, I need you be the one to help them out. And get into the habit of inviting guests home for dinner, or if they need lodging for the night. If someone mistreats you because you are a Christian, don't curse him. Pray that God will bless him. When others are happy, be happy with them. If they are sad, share in their sorrow. Work happily together. Don't try to act big. Don't try to get into the good graces of important people, but enjoy the company of the ordinary folks. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil for evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honest, you are honest, clear and true. Don't quarrel with anyone. Be at peace with everyone, just as much as possible. Dear friends, never avenge yourselves. Leave that to God, for he has said that he will repay those who deserve it. Don't take the law into your own hands. Amen. Verse 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, Live at peace with everyone. So, we have a very big task. The task of living peaceably with everyone. Incidentally, we are considering this year on the theme, Kingdom Lifestyle. And you will agree with me that peace is Something that is a scarce commodity. Peace. Very scarce. And um, it's also very elusive. When you think you have peace, except you get it, you will lose it. And so, when the Bible is saying, pursue peace with all men, if peace were to be common, it doesn't require anybody pursuing it. If it is something I can, you know, live out ordinarily, effortlessly. There is this song, I mean, um, one musician says, Ejirika Alarola. So when you want to sleep, you sleep effortlessly. It's not so with peace. So when you want to be a peacemaker, when you want to live a life of peace, it requires effort. Little wonder the Bible says, pursue peace with all men. Meaning, except you do the pursuing, 
fish will normally take to flight and runs very fast. So, we'll start this way. By the way, what is peace? Because except you know what you are pursuing, you might as well be pursuing air. You pursue shadow. So we start by asking ourselves, what is peace? I try to look at the dictionary. Because where well, peace is an English word, so the only way I can do is to look at the dictionary. And then um, I find a few things there. One is that peace is said to be a state of tranquility, a state of quiet and harmony. Peace is absence of violence, absence of war. It also says that peace means harmony in personal relations. So if peace is a state of tranquility, state of quiet, absence of violence, and absence of war, if peace is you know, harmonious uh, personal relations, then we ask ourselves, do we really need it? Of course, the Bible enjoins us to. Even this definition accords with the Bible. The Bible says in Psalm number 122, verses 6 and 7. Can you help me to read? Psalm number 122, verses 6 and 7. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May all who love this city prosper. O Jerusalem, may there be peace within your walls and prosperity in your palace. So, you see, the peace we are talking about here is about a territorial peace. The peace of a nation. The peace of the people in the nation. Indeed, when the Israelites were taken captive, of course, they were resisting it. And they were wondering, if God be God, why will God allow them? to be taken by the Babylonians, people who do not know God. And Jeremiah said to them, you are going to stay for a long time though. So when you did the pray for the peace of that city, for in its peace you will have safety. So if we are talking about peace, it is a thing that we must do if we would dwell in safety. Because absence of war means that there is peace. And if there is peace, it is somebody who will consciously do something to bring about peace. So the Bible, you know, approves of this dictionary definition of peace. Absence of war, absence of uh, violence, peace, meaning, harmony in personal relations. Then, I also made the effort to look up what is pursued. And then, um, I'm sure you like what I found out. Pursue means to aim for, not aim at, to aim for, to go after a particular thing, to move rapidly and decisively, to aim for. And when I saw this, I also told myself, maybe it didn't quite meet my expectation. I decided to look up a word that is strive. And um, I think strive is close, though the same thing, it meets some level of expectation. It says, striving means to try to achieve a result. 
to make strenuous effort. That's why I am at home with this one. To make strenuous effort to try earnestly and persistently. So, peace is not something you achieve by casualty. You know, you are moving and you desire peace. You know, sometimes some, some Christians make me laugh. You ask me, are you a Christian? You say, I'm a Christian. How, how do you know you're a Christian? You say, actually, before I wasn't a Christian. And um, there was this church by our, by the, in our neighborhood. So I, I just strolling one day. I was attending. I kept going with them or maybe a fellowship. So I was going, attending fellowship, attending fellowship, and I became a member. You know, by attendance, the person, you, the person who asks whether they are Christian is telling you, by attendance, I become what? A member. I will talk about membership. So peace is not like that. You may even become a member of the church by mere registration. Peace means it's something you will achieve to pursue peace. Means you must aim to achieve it. You must go after it, knowing it is peace you are pursuing. A very difficult thing. The disciples will say, this is a hard saying. Who will bear this? So it is not that I am a Christian. It is not just enough. If I must live the kingdom lifestyle. Last Sunday we were told, we, our sister read, Matthew chapter 5, verse 45. She read it in NIV. Not NIV. Um, message Bible. And I deliberately allowed my wife to come with Message Bible. So that she will read it again. For those who were not um, here last Sunday. There was a particular way Message Bible put Matthew, 25, Matthew 5, verse 45. That will bring it in line with our theme. Sweetie, please. 45. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer. For them, for then you are walking out of your true self, your God-created self. Okay. This is what God does. He gives his best. The sun to warm and the rain to nourish to everyone, regardless the good and bad, the nice and nasty. Okay. Good. Okay. If all you do is love the lover, do you expect a bonus? Anyone can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run of the meal dinner. Okay. Now, that is the aspect of this prayer. In other words, it is something you must make extra effort to be able to attain. That is what makes up children of God. That is what makes up the people of the kingdom. But then, I looked at the thing. I found out that before the fall of man, when God created man, God created me in his image. So my original me has peace. 
not the one Adam did. The one that God made had this. Somehow, following the fall of man, what was left was a shadow. Man became a brute. Before the fall of man, the Bible says that man was dwelling in the garden of Eden. And that the whole serene was calm. The animals were there. They were not outside the garden. In case you, you thought they were outside the garden. The leopard was inside the garden. The lion was there. The hyena was there. They all were there. And they were having fellowship with man. The moment man ate, the peace of man, the peace of God left man. Because God said to man, when you eat, if ever you eat this particular tree, he said that there were two trees there at that middle. So man decided not to eat the one that will earn him life eternal and chose the one that will make him to be wise, to know good and evil. The Bible says that when man did that, of course, God had told man, you will die if you do it. When serpent came, what did serpent tell man? Says you will not die. Man ate the fruit. Did man die? You see, I know I will have, I will have a misanthra. Sorry, I'm not a teacher, but I, sometimes I teach anyway. Now, the man that ate that fruit later bore children. So did man die? Yes. Of course. Did, did, did he die? He did. Don't answer what he answered. Did he die? Okay. It's like everybody not believe that. Man died. Indeed man died. Because what it cost man was a severe relationship. There are three types of death. Whenever any man is caught from God, that person is dead. The Bible says in Revelation 3.1, You have a reputation, you are alive. But what? You are dead. Zombie cable. Just a walking corpse. Moving about. So that's what happened to man. Man became dead, though living. Of course, we have the other kind of death, which, except Christ comes, except there's rapture, every living will pass through. But then we have the second death. We're not uh, talking about death now. So, what really happened was that man died. The moment man died, by reason of severance of relationship with God, the same Animals God brought to man and God and man named. You read their Genesis. Bible says God brought every animal, everything. Do you know that this thing we call monkey? It was Adam that gave him monkey, not you. Okay? Not the white people. It means Adam chose the name Easy and gave to. Because evil language was in Adam when God created him. We didn't, it didn't just, we didn't invent it. It came out. Okay? So, the same animals Adam gave names started pursuing Adam. Why? The peace of God has left Adam. So, peace is protection. The moment there was no peace, the same person, the same person, the same animals, everything, Became hostile. Even the soil became hostile to Adam. 
We are talking about peace. Not what happened to Adam. I want to say that following the fall of man, everything turned 180 degrees against man. And God is the author of peace. God is the author of peace. And before I talk about God and being author of peace, I want us to know that there are two kingdoms. We have been told about this repeatedly. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of this world. And in both kingdoms, there is peace. In both kingdoms, there is peace in the kingdom of God. There is peace in the kingdom of uh, man. I will tell you why. Turn with me to John chapter 14. I think we will look at verse 27. I read. Peace I live with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. What does that tell us? The world gives peace. I will tell us a story. So that you know that there is peace in the world. There was, there was a particular year when OBJ was the president. How do we? was the chairman of PDP. One day the press met Aldob and said, Mr. Chairman, is it true the leader of the party has OBJ has removed you as the chairman? He said, but we are, no, it's not true. We just finished eating pounded yam and vegetable soup and he dropped me off and that's what, what happened. He ate pounded yam with the president. The pounded yam was with uh, vegetable soup. And after the meal, OBJ asked him ride with me. So he was in the vehicle. He drove, he, he dropped Aldobe off as the chairman of the party. So he was telling pressmen, you people are full of gossip. You carry false news. The same man who I ate founded yam with and vegetable soup cannot do such a thing because we have peace. In the evening, they came back to Aldobe and asked him, is it true you have been removed by Mr. President? He couldn't answer the question by evening because by then it had become clear. The same person he ate pounded yam with and vegetable soup actually orchestrated his removal. That's the peace the world gives. That's the peace. That is the peace the world gives. Jesus says, my peace I live with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world does what? Gives. Because there's something the world gives. It's still called peace. There was a man in uh, southern Sudan. He fought war. He was making war with Sudan as it were. And eventually, he... One day they said they made a peace. That's, they invited him. And he came. He became the prime minister, I think either prime minister or vice president of Sudan. Vice president. And it took them only a few months. He was traveling somewhere. Of course, the pilot knew he was going to die. So they paid the pilot so there would be a plane crash. Peace was made just to bring him in and kill him. That is the peace the world gives. Jesus said, I am 
The Bible says in Isaiah 9, 6 and 7, He called Jesus what? The Prince of Peace. God is the author of peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And in this world, Jesus said to the um, disciples, The Prince of this world comes, but He has what? Nothing in me. So there is a Prince of this world. And that person gives peace. So when we talk about peace, do nothing that the world doesn't give. The only thing is, what actually is He giving you? What is that thing he calls, the word called peace? Is that what you want? If you are a kingdom subject, you certainly will pursue the peace that comes from the kingdom. Amen. I have told us that there are two kingdoms and two sets of peace emanate. I want us to look at Isaiah chapter 26. Another person. 26, 3 and 12. Another person, Isaiah 48. Isaiah 48, 18 and 22. Isaiah 26, 3 and 12. Yep. Verse 3. He will keep in perfect peace all those who trust in him. Just a moment. Just a moment. Who will keep? God. Meaning that this peace we are talking about comes from who? Comes from God. He will keep in perfect peace all those whose thoughts are in God. Go on. Whose thoughts turn often to the Lord. Okay. Verse 12. Yeah, 12. Lord, grant us peace for all we have and are has come from you. All we have, all we are come from you. For that reason, Lord, do what? Grant us peace. Not as the world gives. Brethren, let us know that peace comes from God because he is the author of peace. Yes, 48. Then your peace would have been like a river, and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Your descendants also would have been like the sand, and the offspring of your body like the grains of sand. His name would not have been cut off, nor destroyed from, from before me. Amen. If we had heeded the instructions of God. Of course, if that same Isaiah 48, if you look at verse 22, it says there is no peace for the wicked. We don't have the time to go into discussing who the wicked is. But of course I want you to note that anyone who rejects God is the wicked. There is no way you can have peace. If you have peace and you rejected God, the peace you make will be the peace of the man who ate from the young with a vegetable soup. And was removed by the same person he had lunch with. That peace. The Bible says that there is no peace for the wicked. And we have known now that what peace we have is because that's the song we sang. Do you need peace? Do you need perfect peace? All you need to do is allow Jesus Christ to do what? Have a place in your heart. That's the only time you have peace. That's the only time you have a thing you call peace and it is peace. Not pieces. Amen. Amen. Then we ask ourselves this question. Why did Jesus ask us to pursue it? I've told us peace can always take to flight anytime. And if you think you're holding it, this one doesn't require anybody teaching you. When somebody you know, you, you may tell yourself, I want to forgive this my sister. 
I want to forgive her. She has actually wronged me, but I want to forgive her. Even as you are saying it, nature has a way of playing pranks. You will see her somewhere. She is discussing with somebody and they are looking at her direction and they are laughing. Say, even when I was trying to forgive her, she is also doing the same thing. You don't even know what they are doing. No? That's why I said, peace is very elusive. Your mind tells you, I am sure he is at it again. At what? What is that? So, if you want peace, you must make up your mind that Jesus must be in you. Except he is. You will have difficulty. Now, I've also said that peace is not something we achieve you know, by passivity. You um maybe you you walked into a church and the church is a very good church like ours and um, they preach well. You love everything them, therefore you become a person of peace. No. And so when we say, what does it mean to pursue peace? It means to eschew evil. It means that there is something you will do on your own. You wouldn't just sit, you know, idly by and, you know, your body becomes peace. Assuming you say, I don't want to trouble, I don't want any trouble today. I will lock myself in the room and I will remain there. Is that peace? It's not peace. So peace, you walk out peace. That's why the Bible says pursue. Let's look at Psalm number 34. Psalm number 34, verse 14. I also want someone else to get me Romans 14, 19. And another, 1 Thessalonians 5, 15. Psalm number 34. Psalm, Psalm 34, verse 14. Yes. Turn from all known sin. Now, listen. Turn what? From all known sin. Turn from every appearance of evil. There is no way you can achieve peace except you are torn away from every known sin. Yes? And spend your time in doing good. And spend your time in doing good. Now, this is not passivity. It requires active you know, action. You will spend your time in doing good. Okay? Try to live in peace with everyone. Now try there again, pursue peace. So you try to live in peace with everyone. Work hard at it. Work hard at it. Okay. Work hard at it. Don't just wish it. Not my portion. You know this thing. People make Christianity look as if it's, it's, it's trifling. You tell somebody, you are not studying or you fail. It's not, not my portion. Whose portion is it? Whose portion? If you don't try, if you don't work hard at achieving peace, you can't have it. You just cannot. So it's not important to say not my portion. Because it is your portion. Okay? Yes? I also said Romans 14. Let us pursue the things which make for peace. Now, therefore, let us pursue things that make for peace. Okay? And the things by which one may edify another. And things by which one edify another. First Thessalonians 5, 15. We repay no man evil for evil. In so doing. In other words, the Bible is not telling us that offenses will not come. Okay? Offenses will come. So what makes you a man of peace 
is that you made a you take a decision, a deliberate effort that though he did this into me, I will not repay him in the same manner. You are making room for peace. So it is a thing that requires us to be practiced, to be seen as children of God. I do not want us to have the impression that to be a Christian is when somebody, before I say this, let's turn with me to the same Matthew 5. Matthew chapter 5 verse 39. I think I want to anchor this on that. Matthew 5.39 Do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Do not resist the evil person. Do not resist an evil person. That's why I said, this is a hard saying. Who will bear this one? Let's imagine you came back one day. You have toiled, you've toiled, you were able to build one house. Maybe in your village. And um, you came back. People came out and they were demolishing the house. When they feel demolishing the house, will you just begin to give them a handshake and embrace them and say, the Bible says I should not resist evil. Evil doers. Listen what he said. What, what? An evil person. Some translations say evil doers. Brethren. I want us to understand that in asking us not to resist evil doers, the Bible is not saying we should not condemn evil. In pursuing peace with all, it's not saying that, by the way, I want to come to that, that if a person slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other one. Apologies to those in the chancery who read theology, but you see, now, you know, there is no way, I am right-handed, unless I am Ehud, you know Ehud, the judge in the Bible, so I'm not, who will put his um, 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 sword on the right, on the left, and the king thought there was safety, because Ehud was having, wearing his sword on the left, so the king thought he was a right-handed person, and knew that it would be difficult for a person who has sword on the right, to bring it out. Little did he know that Ehud was left-handed. And then, the same kind of peace was. Ehud now said, King, live forever. He wanted to embrace the king. And then, that was the end of the king. But what I'm talking about is slapping. So, now, is there any way I can slap this man on the right cheek? I'm right-handed. How? The only way is this way. Is it not true? Now, what the Bible is saying is, Clapping on the right cheek is an amount of instrument, it's an affront. So if I give you backhand, I, I regard you as living less than a normal person. So when a person does a thing like that, don't take offense in that insult. Okay? It's not saying when a person, if a person is pursuing me now with, um, maybe dagger, because if it's pistol, he can shoot from everywhere. So assuming he's pursuing me and I'm running, Maybe I'm a fast runner. For now, I'm not one of it. Assuming I could run very well. So, now, if that person is pursuing me, men and brethren, should I wait and say, 
The Bible says, do not resist an evil person. No, that's not what the Bible is saying. So we'll be able to understand what is the Bible saying. Now, there's another thing. We'll still talk about it. In when this thing, this peace I'm pursuing, comes in conflict with my faith, what do I do? Do I just say, because I must live at peace with everybody, for that reason, well, if, if you want, if you don't want me to preach, I won't preach again. So if you don't want me to go to church, I will not go. No. The Bible says in Jude verse 3, contend for the faith that was once given to us. There is contention. So when the peace I am asked to pursue comes in conflict with my contention for the faith, what do I do? I will resist it. I am still pursuing peace, but I will resist it because that is what the scripture says. It says I should contend. I'm not doing it. Because I want to invent it. Others did it before me. Once upon a time, Peter and John were moving after Jesus had died and resurrected and given them power. So they were moving to the temple to pray. The Bible says they came to the beautiful gate and they saw a beggar there. And of course, the man was looking at them to give them arms. They didn't give, they gave something they had. But, uh, long story cut short, when the council brought Peter and John, and they said, we want to warn you, like, we want to warn you, do not speak on this name again. What did they tell them? No, he said, judge it to yourself, you, you want to have me here, so I know begin. Is it good that we should obey the voice of men and rather than God? So what did they do? They moved out and continued with the preaching. They are still pursuing peace. So when it comes to my faith, brethren, there is no compromise. In King, I think first King or so, chapter 21, we read about Naboth and Ahab. When Ahab wanted to take a precious thing Naboth had, and what did he say? He said, no, God forbid that I will give to you the inheritance of my forefather. So, and um, finally on this, you recall that um, pursuing peace does not mean you will not avoid trouble. Think in First Timothy, First Timothy or Second Timothy four, verse four, thereabouts, or fourteen. Paul said to um, Timothy, "You see, Alexander, that coppersmith, he did me so much wrong. Avoid him. We have been asked to pursue peace with all men, brethren. I want us to understand that in this pursuit, there is something we are given. We cannot compromise that." It, it does not derogate from the fact that we are pursuing peace. It will not stop us from living peaceably with all men. But there is something you cannot play with. So, even now, gentlemen, you know, <laughs> these other people who recently we are told, and even not Nigerians, they are Libyans, you know, we've had it. 
the headmen, the two headmen, who have been told they are Libyans, they are here. And um, if you are operating in pursuit of in the pursuit of peace, you know that what they want, what Boko Haram wants. So when people say let's negotiate with them, let's talk with them, there is no there's no middle cost, there's no no cost for agreement anywhere. They said we want one thing Islamize the entire nation. Brethren, Islamize the entire nation. That runs counter to my faith. And I want to believe it runs counter to your faith. So when such a person comes and you're asking, what do we do? There is no point. I love, I would want God to touch the person. I want God to touch him. I want God to touch them. But it does not mean I will embrace the person and say, if that is what you want, if that is what will bring peace, then let's do it. That is stupidity. It is not what the Bible teaches us. So in pursuing peace, brethren, let's know that there is something precious we are given. It cost Jesus. It cost God himself. God had to wear the flesh of man. Had to come down to die for me. He wore the flesh of man. He came down. Just looking for me. Searching for me. So I will not compromise it. Amen? Having said this, even Jesus in Luke chapter 10, like in Luke uh, 10, verse, um, verses 8 through 11, when he was sending out the people he, who went to preach, the 72 disciples, he said, when you get to any place, what should you say to them? Peace be to this house. If there is a man of peace there, he will receive you. If there is none, in fact, anywhere you are rejected, you are, you are, you are asked to go, what do you do? Even the very dust, shake it off. So, because there is something we are carrying. We will not allow anything to detract from this. Finally, if we pursue peace, and if we practice peace, is there any benefit? There is this song that says, Manchota ya sogide ya gaburum. Sorry, you know, I grew up in a village, so that's why I think Igbo songs more. Now, what you're saying is, if I find this peace, if I pursue this peace, is there any benefit? Of course, there are abundance of benefit. In Matthew 5, I think verse 9 or so, it says, Blessed are the peacemakers. For what? Happen to them. They are the sons of God. What is the essence of my laboring of being a Christian? Because I want to be the son of God. I want to meet God when my life, when my journey here ends. So, if it is not to be a child of God, why am I bothering myself? So, there is great benefit. There is great benefit. Then, again, is that if I if I become peaceable, then, of course, he will keep my heart and mind. That's what we read in John chapter 14, 
verse 27. And the Bible says that if we please God, I'm ending with that. If we please God, if we take delight in God, if we do what God wants us to do, He will make even our enemies to be what? To be at peace with us. So, the, the peace we talk about is the peace that transcends human understanding. It's a rare gift that he gives to his beloved. Are you prepared to have such? That even your enemy, so the Bible recognizes that even in the pursuit of peace, that there is, there, there are enemies. You see, when Zeke was alive, he was talking one day, I, I heard him say so. He said, that cooperation or cooperate is two words. Two words. Doc, if, we, if I finish, if it's not true, you you now tell, you talk to Zeke, not me, because he said it. He said, if you cook, I will operate. So that that is cooperate. Now, but in where we read in Hebrews 14, it says. As much, no, I think it's in Romans. As much as it lies within you, live peaceably with others. Meaning that you don't need to wait for another person to go before you operate. You will be the one that will do what? That will go. Okay? So the pursuit means that you are the, doing the calling. Otherwise, I will say, well, yes, we are quarreling, but he has not initiated peace. So I am always ready. As you see me so, I am ready. If he initiates it, I will then follow. No, the Bible says, go, pursue, as much as it lies within me. So, what are the things I need to do, which I have not done? The Bible says, exhaust all those things. And when I do that, I will be a child of God. So, do you desire this peace? You want to be a subject of that kingdom. This kingdom has rules. It requires that I, I don't know about you, but I know that I will live peaceably without compromising the thing that is precious and given. Are you prepared for it? No one ever gives what he doesn't have. You can't pursue peace when you don't know the prince of peace. You can't pursue peace when you do not know about the existence of the author of peace, he gives freely. Freely. Are you prepared to get? Are you prepared to be part of it? He is ready. He will grant you. Let us pray. Can you talk to God? Can you talk to him? If it's not doable, he wouldn't have asked us to. It is not in vain he has assembled the sons of Jacob. No, it's for a purpose. To dish out blessing. He has called us today, this morning, that he may speak to us. Talk to him. Tell him you want to be a peacemaker. But of course, tell him that you want to remain his child.
That is the big, that is starting point. If you are asking God to bring you at peace with Himself through the blood of Jesus Christ, I bid you to stand so that we can pray with you. That is where peace begins. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Could you stand? We want to pray with you. Join me in this prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me. Even in my wickedness, you have continued to love me. Jesus died for my sins. I come to you now, O God. I acknowledge I have been a sinner. By reason of that blood Jesus shed, please wash my sins. Receive me to yourself. Take me as your own. Jesus, enter my heart now as my master, as my savior. Help me to always walk with you. Thank you for receiving me. I renounce every work of Satan. I renounce every agreement with the kingdom of darkness. I receive the work of your spirit. In Jesus' name. Father, thank you for as many as have made this prayer. Let the assurance of your spirits come in their spirits that now they are the children of God. And let that peace manifest. In Jesus' name we pray. You have a case in the village. And that case has continued because you have said, I will not be cheated. You have repeated counseling sessions with ministers of the gospel because you insist not one tittle, not one little bit of my entitlement will be lost. You have continuing battles and issues in your home because your spouse keeps making you lose revenue and you can't seem to let go. You need to pray now. You need to pray now. The Bible said, pursue peace before it mentioned holiness. Pursue peace. Ask God to help you to let go. Isaac, in his pursuit of peace, 
wells that had been dug for the sustenance of his crops and animals. When they came after it, he let go. But you, you say, you don't understand, reverend. This thing, I can't let it go. If God be God, I will not be cheated. No. The Bible says, why not rather be cheated? Why not rather be cheated? Even if you are talking about landed property. Money is being spent year after year after year after year after year after year after year. You have trained your people for this war. Ask God to give you the grace to let go. Ask God to give you the grace to let go. Ask God to give you the grace to be like Isaac in the name of the Lord Jesus. But has your peace meant compromise of your faith? Ask God's forgiveness right now and ask him to help you to be strong. Not to compromise your faith in the Lord Jesus in the name of the pursuit of peace. Talk to him. Father, we give you thanks for your word. Lord, you have continued to speak and to speak and to speak on this matter. Father, every hardness of hearing on our part, Lord, I cause to be lifted off in the name of Jesus. And Lord God, you that come to the aid of the afflicted, you that come to the aid of the oppressed, you that come to the aid of those that are downtrodden. Bring, O oh God, that your aid upon your children who have decided to let go, who have decided to pursue peace, who have decided to live like Christ, though fools in the world, who, O oh God, are being given daily to death that the life of Christ might be manifest in them. Lord, we ask that you will arise now and grant them the relief that their soul seeks for. Father, I ask that this word you have spoken will continue to follow us in our relationship with our spouses, that we will learn to pursue peace in the name of the Lord Jesus, in our relationship with our families, extended families, foster brothers and sisters, half-brothers and sisters, that, Father, we will walk by the principle of your kingdom, even though in the eyes of men we look foolish. The foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. Father, grant us so to do in the name of Jesus. And, Father, cause there to be a strengthening of our faith, that we will know that genuine peace is knowing Christ, that we will in no way compromise the principles of the kingdom, and that, God, we will never stretch forth our hands to use violence. Never stretch forth our hands to take the law in our own hands. Never stretch forth our hands to kill, to maim. For as much as you have not made us policemen and army people, but that, God, we will bless. But that, God, we will help those 
who need help. Thank you as you work these things out in us, supernaturally by the power of your Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.